Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Media Vine on Air. I'm your host, Jenny Guy. Today's topic is so hot that we shuffled our production calendar around to get it out to you as quickly as possible. It's Google's page experience algorithm shift with all those angsty and acronym-filled core web vitals. When we taped this episode live in April, the deadline was mid-May. It's since been pushed back to slowly roll out in June, giving content creators a little breathing room to make their optimizations. Joining me on this episode were Mediavine CEO and co-founder Eric Hochberger and NerdPress CEO and founder Andrew Wilder. A lot of expert firepower in keeping Google and your audience happy. Our live viewers understandably had a ton of questions about this topic, which you'll hear us discuss. If you have questions after listening, give us a shout, either here or email at onair at mediavine.com. And if you want a chance to ask our guests all your questions live... Give Mediavine a like and follow on Facebook where our live series initially airs. Or how about being a guest yourself? From Instagram to editorial calendars, video, photography, optimization, and more. If it's about the business of content creation, we want to hear about it. We're currently accepting submissions for our fourth annual Summer of Live, and we want you to share your expertise with our audience. We dropped a link in the show notes to the application. But for now, let's decode those core web vitals. You're listening to Media Vine On Air, the podcast about the business of content creation. From SEO to ads and social media to time management. If it's about helping content creators build sustainable businesses, we are talking about it here. I'm your On Air host, Media Vine's Jenny Guy. Hey, everybody. Hello, all. Welcome, grab a beverage, take a seat, or switch things up if you've been sitting all day and stand up for a stretch. As Tabitha Brown says, that's your business. It is Thursday, April 15th, which means it's time for another episode of Teal Talk. I'm Jenny Guy, your host for this show all about the business of content creation. Thank you so much for joining us. How is everybody doing today? Are you like me? Are you fighting daily battles with pollen? Anyone else looking outside the window and seeing the yellow dust blanketing? all of the things and just deciding it's an inside day, cut your losses. Um, That is me. I don't know what to tell you other than that it's spring and we are all in misery. So that's happening there. So let's switch from a least favorite subject being seasonal allergies to a most favorite subject being amazing memes. Uh, At Mediavine, gifts are our love language and our custom emoji collection in Slack is quite impressive, but I hold a special place in my heart for a good meme. And every year around now, I don't know if anyone out there is, is like me and a fan of this, but every year around now, the greatest meme of all time starts surfacing. It reaches a fever pitch right around May 1st. Uh, do you know the one I'm talking about? I am paging NSYNC fans. Sing it with me. It's gonna be May. Every <laughs> I crack up every time. Um, it doesn't matter what time. We, I, I, it's always It's always right on time for me. I don't know how you guys feel about that meme. I love it. Uh, And if anyone out there wants to express their wrong opinion in the comments and share a meme that they think is better, please feel free. But this is is the best meme for me. I'm kidding. We we would love to have your meme. Say hi. Share a favorite meme. Um, Please drop it in the comments. We can all use a great meme. Okay. But I promise that this conversation has relevance to today's show topic. It is not just because I personally adore the Justin Timberlake meme. Know what else is going to be May? 
like it or not, Google's algorithm shift to page experience and the dreaded core web vitals is headed our way next month. It's May. That's right. It is dominating the Facebook threads and bloggers nightmares. So of course, we're here to break it down for you and talk through it with my experts. Mediavine CEO, SEO expert, and longtime Google fanboy Eric Hochberger is here to discuss how Mediavine is solving for ad-related CLS issues for our publishers. Welcome, Eric. Thank you. I did not know I was a Google fanboy until this moment, but I, I mean, am. We know it. We know Ignore you my are. Apple phone. It's nothing. I mean, you do tend to say things like, I did SEO in high school. You're. you're... Uh, that's because I'm a Metacrawler and Alta Vista fanboy, but they're not okay. in high school anymore. They went, out of, they went out of fashion. How do you feel about the Justin Timberlake meme? Uh, I believe you know from karaoke that I'm more of a Backstreet Boys fan. So it's fair. It's very fair. Better. Um, I don't know. There aren't any good Backstreet Boy memes out there. Somebody needs to get on that. Uh, and then let's meet my other guest returning to Teal Talk is Andrew Wilder, who is the founder and CEO of NerdPress, a digital agency that provides WordPress maintenance and support for hundreds of publishers and small businesses, placing an emphasis on site speed, stability, and security. We love all those things. He has been building, breaking, fixing, and maintaining websites since 1998. There was in sync was really cool then and has spoken on a wide variety of technical topics in plain english at conferences such as wordcamp lax the international association of culinary professionals tastemaker food and wine fuel your influence and of course media vine welcome hi Andrew. i remember road tripping um in a 24-foot u-haul to that song yeah. yes <laughs> that's like that's the soundtrack of that road trip so that is always going to bring back that memory I mean, it's a good memory. I don't know why they chose to say me as May, but they did and it's, it was a great choice and it's gonna live forever in infamy. Um, so let's let's dive into what is a, it's a, it's a big topic. It's, it's a challenging topic and it's, it's something that's gonna impact all of us who wish to have traffic from Google. So let's start at the very beginning. What is Google page experience? What are core web vitals and why does everybody care so much? I'm gonna start with Eric and then go to Andrew and let's break it down. Uh, yeah, so page experience is kind of a rebranding of a bunch of old signals from the Google search algorithm. Uh, it's a combination of basically things that make a better user experience for, for readers as they browse your site. Uh, I have a blog post that actually came out today that has a little checklist that will go over all the kind of rebranded ones, they're just simple things like making sure your site is secure, uh, making sure you don't have mobile pop-ups, things you've already probably been doing because Google's been yelling at you to do them for the past 10, 15 years. Additionally, there's the core web vitals, which is the bigger change. Uh, and that is Google's new page speed metrics that they want you to hit. So you have basically three scores that we're trying to hit and some of them are a little bit counter to each other. There's, uh, we'll go over them a lot more later, but they're basically making your site faster and making sure it doesn't bounce around as it loads. A lot of fun stuff happening. It's, I mean, fun, I would say. I'm going to put that in some air quotes. Andrew, chime in here. What are you seeing with your clients? Um, well, I'm seeing everybody freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so <clears throat> I do want to mention to add what, what, to what Eric just said, um, Google has said, this is the rollout of Core Web Vitals. So they're planning on revisiting this annually. So get used to it. It's just all part of the new cruelty. Um, you know, there's three specific metrics and we're gonna get into those that we wanna be focusing on right now. But I think before we go further, I wanna say, don't panic. It's really important not to panic. This is going to start slowly. So we are not going to see massive ranking changes on May 1st. It's just not gonna happen that way. And Google has explicitly said that, like they're trying to calm everybody down too. Everybody breathe, 
and you know, go into this with an open mind and know that this is the goal of all of this is to make your site better uh, for your visitors. So it's really a win-win. Um, and if you can make your site better for visitors, Google's going to reward that, lift you up in the rankings a little bit, hopefully, and it's a virtuous cycle, let's hope. One of the things, Eric, that you've been talking about with respect to the Core Web Vitals in your post today that we're going to share in our handout at the end, we'll have everything looped up there, guys, that we're finally seeing a, a quantifiable metric here that for the page speed that Google has always been pushing and wanting page speed and pushing us to do it. But now we actually have goals that are set. Yeah, and that's that's like the double-edged sword of this. So right now they've said the actual numbers that they want us to hit, and that's great, except they're treating every site equally. So that's not so great. And it's like a pass-fail kind of thing. So you have to hit all three metrics if you want to pass the core web vitals, as they say. And the way of measuring the metrics keeps changing. <laughs> so that's even harder um, because they're fine-tuning this because it's all new. They just recently, uh, last week or the week before, changed how they measure layout shifts for pages that are open for a long time, which could be a big difference for people who have recipes on their site. Like if the recipe is open, well, somebody's cooking an ad is reloading and something's shifting, that's gonna change the score. So they're they're changing this to fine tune it. So it's going to keep evolving. And we just all have to be prepared to like accept the fact that this will be a moving target for a while. Uh, so, uh, but you know, by giving us actual numbers to hit that that's clarity that we don't usually get from Google. You know, usually it's like, oh, make sure you're faster than your competitors. It's like, what does that mean? But if, if you can measure your site and see that your first contentful paint is a third of a second slower than it should be or whatever the metric is, you know what you need to approve and how far you need to improve it. What's different about this is rather than just emphasizing speed, which is what we have always done, yes, you wanna be fast, but this is actually things you can hit. It's quantifiable metrics that they're asking for. Did you wanna share a little bit on that? No, I agree with Andrew's sentiment. Like they may be challenging to hit, but at least we finally have a number to go after, which to me is a big stress relief. Uh, we have been, vaguely describing like page speed as a as an industry as whatever you want to call it for the last 10 15 years now we have a definition this is what google says page speed is and sure they're going to be changing over the years and they'll probably be adding more they'll be changing the targets they've already changed them several times since they announced them uh, but at least they're published and we know what we're going after so i think it's a good thing i i will say i i'm not thrilled that google's the one deciding this um, that's not how the web is supposed to work there's a, a black box of inside Google that, and they come out with this stuff. And we don't know how many people are involved. There's no open conversation. Um, so that's a little frustrating too, but it's Google. So they win, um, and, you know, we have to get in step with Google or we're not gonna stay competitive as site owners. So I'm just, that's me venting and I can't really do anything about it. But At this point in order, we, we want to do well in Google and to do that, we need to do what Google says to do. If they can actually say, one thing that they want you to do, it's kind of a moving target right now. So so while we're talking about all these measurements and Andrew even brought up, which we're gonna talk more about later, that it's pass fail, there's not even a scale. You either are or you aren't. And if you're not, that's too bad. Where do you find Core Web Vitals? If I wanna look, Eric, should I check in Search Console or is it Google PageSpeed Insights? What's the difference? Why is it different? Where do I look? Everywhere, you have to look everywhere, unfortunately, <laughs> when it comes to your Core Web Vitals. Uh, so yeah, your search console is going to be uh, one of the best places because that's a measurement of what real world users are experience, experiencing on your pages and uses something called Crux, which is actually Chrome reports real world users on your site, how quickly things loaded, how much layout shift there was. And that's great because that is, we're pretty much positive is what Google is using 
uh, to determine your rankings. So that's whether you're getting your pass or fail grade, uh, but you wanna have tools to help you figure out along the way if you're improving things. And unfortunately, Search Console takes 28 days. Uh, to, yeah, it's, the, it's like basically the rolling 28 days. So sometimes you might make a change. It would be a month before you know if it worked. Um, so you probably want something that's a little more responsive than that. Uh, so you're also gonna wanna use PageSpeed Insights, which has what's called lab data, or it'll test the first screen view. But what I really like is there's a Chrome extension called Core Web Vitals that you can install, and you can watch in real time as you're browsing a page how long it took to load. It can show you as cumulative layout shift happens as you scroll. Uh, so really, you're going to want a bevy of tools for solving this and not just one. We've got a lot of questions, and we were about to roll into that just in a second, because what everyone is talking about now is Core Web Vitals. Because as we said, it's all part of this huge algorithm shift, which is which is page experience, but a lot of page experience has been there for a long time. They may rename it, but things like making your site secure, we did this battle three years ago. Like we know that's one of the things that they want. But the, the biggest thing are these core web vitals. Like you said, three new acronyms that everyone is gonna be talking about, one in particular. Andrew, will you give us a quick overview? We had a question from someone saying, what are these numbers that we need to hit? I've seen huge sites fail with very bad speed. They're not, the, Someone at some sites with really terrible speed are passing Core Web Vitals. Will you give us these three acronyms that ma that make Core Web Vital what it is? Sure. There's there's three acronyms that are part of the Core Web Vitals, and then there's other speed metrics that we've had for a while as well. So we're talking about just these three for right now. Um, the first one is LCP, which is Largest Contentful Paint. This is a, a shorthand way of measuring loading performance. And the idea is to help the page or the site respond quickly for the visitor so they're not staring at a blank screen. The largest contentful paint means it's the largest thing in the viewport or above the fold when, the, when you first browse to a page. The largest thing might not be the most important, but that's kind of their proxy. They've said, hey, whatever the largest thing is is probably the most important. So that's the metric. So it's like if your post title is really big and that's taking the, the largest part of the screen before you scroll, then that's what they're going to measure. So it's how long does your post title take to appear? If you happen to have a shorter post and there's an image above the fold and that's the largest thing on that particular page, then the metric is going to be how fast does that image load? So it can be a little bit slippery because you have to figure out what the largest contentful paint is. But basically it's the first, the, the biggest thing above the fold to load and how long that takes. LCP one. LCP one. LCP is the first one. Uh, the second acronym, these are all TLAs, three letter acronyms. The second one is first input delay. Um, this is a measure of inter interactivity of the page. So how responsive is the page after or as it's loading? To provide a good user experience, the page should respond. So like when you try to scroll on your phone, it shouldn't have a lag, things like that. That's not as much of a problem on food blogs and publisher sites. We're not seeing that being a big deal. Um, and we can talk about the specific numbers in a minute. And then the third one, which is really the hard one, and this is what's been we've been struggling with, because this is also the new metric, is CLS or cumulative layout shift. And this measures the vis visual stability of the page. So as the page is loading, if things move around once they're visible, that's a layout shift. Um, so to provide a good user experience, you don't want stuff to be moving around all the time. You know, the worst is like when you go to click a button and something loads right above and pops it down and you click on that thing instead, that's what they're trying to avoid. So it's not a, really a speed metric, it's more of a user experience metric, which is why they're kind of rebranding this whole thing into page experience, not just site speed. But where it gets tricky though, is that the things we've done to help with page speed are now causing issues for CLS, correct? The things that we did like lazy loading images so that there isn't such a heavy load 
on the server when the page is coming up now have to, because that's what causes CLS to happen, right? Eric, Eric, will you chime in on CLS? Because this is the one that ads have a lot to do with. They're not like peanut butter and jelly so much as peanut butter and arsenic. And I want to talk about how those things go to, why is CLS and ads antithetical? Which one's the peanut butter? It's fine, done. Ads are obviously the delicious <laughs> peanut butter. Where do I work? Hello. Right. So uh, yeah, no, I, I think CLS in general, yeah, a lot of the advice that we've all been following, whether it's removing blocking things like CSS or JavaScript uh, ends up causing CLS or as things like font fallbacks that Google previously recommended no more than a year or two ago, we all ran with them so we could have our Google fonts load, but while they're loading, you could show text instead. Well, that triggers CLS. And why that triggers CLS is because as the new font loads, it might be a different size than the fallback font. Any of these little tiny things that move your content a little bit are causing CLS. Um, so you mentioned a few with images, but ads were a big culprit of this. And part of it is because Mediavine definitely lazy loads ads um, to make sure that your site stays fast and we're only showing ads as a user's about to scroll to them. That was one cause of CLS. Uh, There's other causes related to ads as we went to go and refresh an ad. We'd run an auction where there could be different size ads that would load. And again, that same concept that Andrew is describing where a button might move because of what happened, the same thing could happen with an ad. It might push content up and might push content down as a different size would load. Uh, and then there's a few other little smaller things that can happen as a result of ads. But all of these things kind of unfortunately have been advice from Google. We've all been following and that's why they came out with cumulative layout shift because they didn't want a bunch of speed hacks to make it look like things were faster. They wanted things feel faster as well to the user. You've said before that ads are not the best. Ads are clearly not the best when it comes to CLS. What what do we do? We want to make monies and we don't want to not want Google to hate us. Uh, right. So that's why at Mediavine we came out with a, an optimized for CLS ad setting. Uh, and what it basically does is as the page loads, the very first thing we do is we lay out where the ads are going to be on the page and we create what's called a placeholder or a spot where the ad could go. And we take the maximum size that ad can be. Uh, so we had to get rid of some of the larger ads as a result of this, which is why we warn people there may be a tiny hit to revenue. It's very small. Uh, we found less than like really honestly less than 1% for most sites. So we eliminated the larger ads, reserved the space we would need for the largest possible ad. And then as that ad loaded, it's now inside of what we call like an ad box or a little gray area where the ad will load. Not the best name. I'll admit it, Jenny. No, uh, I don't like it. Nope. So it would be centered in there. So sometimes you might see a smaller ad, sometimes you'll see a larger ad in that space, but you know that space is reserving the largest space it can. And then as ads refresh, we make sure we don't show the ad until it's ready because it's very easy to trigger CLS as an ad is even loading within that spot. And then basically again, it's, it won't be any bigger than that area. So a refresh won't trigger any of the rest of the content to move around. And then finally, we had to come up with a crazy uh, fix for our sidebar uh, because there's an error in the way that Google calculates CLS today, whereas a object moves from what's uh, to fix positioning, it's a CSS term, don't worry. Uh, Google is incorrectly seeing it as something is shifting even though nothing was shifting. And so we had to have an experimental mode that we have right now that we hope we'll be able to remove in the future if Google fixes this bug. But for now, uh, you're also gonna wanna enable that to fix your desktop CLS. And that basically uh, uses, you don't have to worry about it, but new uh, CSS properties known as sticky, which uh, are not supported on all themes. You have to make a couple changes to your theme. The system automatically does it for you. Nothing you got to worry about. But if you turn that on, it'll fix your desktop uh, sidebar as well. Two questions. One, previously with Mediavine, everything that, when we didn't have an ad, we have a, we have a, a floor for our ad prices. 
like if if the if the unit if if they're if the price isn't met then the unit collapses okay what happens now because now there's boxes right add so boxes previously again that was another uh, cause of cls is if an ad didn't serve we would always collapse the space which was google best practice in their code uh, we ran it that way but the problem is if a user scrolls quickly the ad auction runs let's say there's no ad it might again as it goes to collapse cause a little bit of content to shift again cls uh, so what we ended up doing now is we released a bunch of psas or public service announcements that if you enable one of those an ad will serve uh, in place of where a paying ad would have so these are free ads but they're all supporting great causes hopefully you can find one that is near and dear to your heart uh, and, and if you run that, then basically you'll have an ad show instead of a blank spot, because that's what it would look like. Because remember, we have to reserve the space now. So if you didn't have a PSA serving there, you're just gonna have a large gray box. So we think it's definitely a better experience to make sure you enable a PSA. Love that. We will share some information about how to, for Mediamind publishers to go in and look at all the PSA options. We just added a pup option real lately, a pup kitten adopt, don't shop option. It's a good one. Uh, okay, love that one. But what if I f turn this on, Andrew, and it, it doesn't fix all my CLS issues? What if I turn on the setting and now I still am not passing? From what we've been seeing, ads are by far the biggest contributor to CLS or have been. So you absolutely need to turn this on. Like I saw that question on the sidebar. Yes, log in right now to your Mediafine dashboard and switch this on. But it takes 28 days for all the data to be collected from the time you turn it on. So you are not going to see results immediately. So that's the frustrating part with this. Most sites we're seeing are not seeing huge above the fold shifts. It might be a small contributor or there might be some one or two specific things that need to be addressed. But beyond that, it's like turning this on is going to be the biggest workhorse in the toolkit really and waiting. You have to be patient. <laughs> okay, there's a whole lot of questions. So yes. both of you guys just get ready. Here we go. Morgan Smith McBride. My question for when you get to this topic, we were gonna talk about this, but this is one of the page experience points that's about the interstitial pop-ups. It was said not to use interstitial pop-ups on mobile based on the article just shared today. It was your article, Eric. Does this mean I should not be having ConvertKit email signup pop-ups? I have them set to pop up after 30 seconds. These are for post-specific opt-ins. Thanks. Can I pass this off to Andrew because I have such strong feelings about pop-ups? I'd like both of you to share your opinions. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, I'll, I'll say what, what Google says. So the mobile interstitial penalty is designed so that when somebody clicks through from the search results to the first page view, of a, of a website to not block the content. So if you click through and you start reading a post and you're trying to answer the question, right, your search intent, um, and a pop-up shows up and covers it, that's potentially going to trigger the, the, the penalty. Um, there is some debate on whether you can have a pop-up at all on the first page view, but basically you do not want to interfere with the actual content. I personally think it doesn't make any sense to pop up a, a form before the person's even had chance a chance to interact with their site because they're they're just going to close it they don't even know who you are yet like you need to build trust or they're never going to opt in anyway so this is also not uh, this is different than the interstitial ads that mediavine can run and eric you might want to clarify that too right so they're different things um but if you use a tool that lets you um at, at the very least make sure you like scroll 50 or 60 percent down on the page or do an exit intent pop-up on desktop or uh, at least wait 30 seconds. Like that's probably enough, but I, I don't know because I'm not Google um, whether or not it triggers that penalty, uh, but try not to interfere with the content. Eric, you want to add anything to that? Good, so that's, I'm glad you answered it because it's almost impossible to say yes or no to that exact thing. Can you do it after 30 seconds? We don't know, um, which is why I always err on the side of don't, uh, but 
Yeah, I mean, let, let me talk about the ads real quick because that is important to differentiate. So the, the way that Mediavine runs uh, what are called interstitial ads, they're completely optional. You probably don't even have them on for, for most publishers that are optional ad units. Uh, if you turn them on, they're actually run by Google themselves. Uh, that's how we know that they're Google compliant, uh, but they run in between page views. So Google allows you to run a, a pop-up on the second page view, as Andrew was saying, and that's what this interstitial experience is. It's after the first page view, it's before the second or in between, uh, and that is completely allowed. So if you want to do your pop-up between views, uh, you can certainly do that. And you could definitely do it on the second page view. It's really the first page view as a user arrives from Google search that they're concerned about. I mean, I personally don't like to play games and risk any search penalty. So I wouldn't even do the 30 seconds on my own personal sites, but I can tell you the ads are going to be fine for, for Google uh, search. Can I, Quickly. Can I also, oh, yeah, of course. Sorry, I just saw Noreen's comment of why do pop-ups at all? Um, I totally agree. There are other options. You don't have to interfere. You can have a header that drops down. Um, if you're using Foodie Pro and the new mobile menu, there's a link that you can add that says subscribe right at the top. So it's much more user-friendly and less intrusive. So there are other options out there. <laughs> you don't have there's to be a, There's this new widget out there. It's crazy. It's called Spotlight Subscribe. What does that thing do, Eric? I'll plug our other solution as well. That's <laughs> not a pop-up. That's a great idea. Uh, yeah, so within grow.me, uh, we have a, a free email subscription uh, opt-in that you can run and it runs inside the content and when a user scrolls to it it basically darkens out the rest of the page temporarily uh, the rest of the page comes back or if they click or if they scroll or just wait enough time so it, it's not an actual pop-up and it doesn't overlay over content it's in between content and it's much better user experience uh, it doesn't have obviously quite the same conversion nothing does when you stop a user dead in their tracks and don't allow them to do anything else but that's also why it's a bad experience you probably don't want to do everything I just described. So Spotlight Subscribe is a pretty good compromise, we feel. Uh, we've got a few things. We've got other people asking about Spotlight Subscribe. I'm going to have to go all the way back up to the top because there are a lot of questions, but let's stay here right with this. Uh, Maiki says, how do we get Spotlight Subscribe? Oh, uh, very easy. If you're a Mediavine publisher inside of your dashboard, uh, there's a grow.me under settings. Uh, it is literally just a toggle. Once you have grow.me on, you just toggle Spotlight Subscribe and inside there you can customize it, upload an image, change the text, uh, and download your subscribers. Morgan says Spotlight Subscribe doesn't work for opt-ins. Like we, we don't have that capability yet, right? We don't have where they're able to specifically, there's a lot we're adding to the Spotlight Subscribe feature. Oh, I think, yeah, and so it doesn't directly integrate with your ESP right now, your email sending provider. Right now it, it works as you download a CSV. And I know that kind of breaks a lot of people's flows where they have like a welcome flow and they wanna make sure you came in off this particular giveaway. Maybe that's what um, you're referring yeah. to. And if, if so, then yes, uh, that is coming soon. We're working on a uh, Zapier integration, which will allow you to connect to any ESP you want, whether it's ConvertKit, MailChimp, whoever you find, Mam Mimi. I'm going to run out of names, so I'm going to pass it back to you. Lizzie says, Andrew, this is important. Does this include a pop-up that asks for people to accept our cookies? No as long as the pop-up isn't like covering the screen. So like the bar that pops up at the, or slides up at the bottom, totally fine. Okay, so yeah, Eric's post today also said anything about legality, anything to do with CCPA or GDPR or cookie acceptance or any of those things Google says is okay, right? It can yes, be as intrusive they, they, as you they want. have a note about, yeah, and they actually use the cookie accept as their example in their blog post. If it's a legal requirement, then you are good to go. Okay, I'm going back through. We have somebody who said, sorry, I have to go wave, way, way far back. And yes, there are a lot of acronyms. If we are pulling in 99 in PageSpeed Insights using Trellis, are we okay then? Are those dire directly related? Are Core Web Vitals and PageSpeed the same thing? 
I'm they're both Ant- waiting. For I'm that. Eric answer that first. <laughs> I mean, they're close. They're they're correlated. Obviously, if you have a high page speed, you are more than likely going to hit uh, the core web vitals. But that number doesn't matter anymore. The number that matters now are your core web vitals. But again, chances are if you have a 99, that's an exceptionally high score. I'd be very surprised if you're not hitting largest contentful paint and first input delay. Uh, but you still want to keep an eye on them. Make sure that you're also hitting your core web vitals. So go into your Google search console and just check. Uh, it will show you if you're passing those two and it actually shows you all three of your acronyms separately. So you can check if you're maybe still failing CLS, but passing. And again, the page speed related ones, which are largest contentful paint, LCP and first input delay FID. And again, you can pass two and fail one and you fail the whole thing, right? Is that accurate? Okay, so, fun. Thanks, Googs. So let me, let me clear, can, we, can I step back and clarify a couple Please. of things we're talking about in terms of measurement tools? Because um, th- this part, that I'm about to explain is to me the the point of clarity where in the last few weeks I've realized a couple of things in terms of looking at these metrics. Um, so I use Google PageSpeed Insights for most of the testing. Um, that's the one I recommend for everybody because that's going to the source. Um, it's using Lighthouse, which is the underlying engine. There's a bunch of different sections once you test a page in there and the different sections mean have very different meanings. Um, so it's important you know what you're looking at. Um, I first of all recommend not paying too much attention to the top score at the top. Um, so getting a 99, that feels real good, but it has no bearing on anything in reality. Like it doesn't impact anything. It's just a score from a test run in a simulated browser. So when you punch it's a chats. URL, sorry, I mean, a 99 is great. It it probably means that your site is is fast, but getting a 99 doesn't earn you anything. Like the, the number itself is just a calculation. Uh, when, you, when you test a URL in PageSpeed Insights, it, it's going to do a simulated test on a mobile 3G phone. Like it's going to pretend and do these calculations and come up with some numbers. So it's actually not the first result you see. Uh, the, uh, if you go down to the lab data section, which is I think the third section, that shows six scores, which the core web vitals are three of the six. So LCP, FID, CLS are going to be in those lab data scores. There's three others in there. The overall score is actually just calculated from those six lab data scores. So there's they actually have a nifty little interactive calculator you can click through and turn the knobs and see if you if your CLS goes up a little bit what your overall score does. Like it, so the overall score don't give it too much credence. If you pay attention to the six lab data times, you can then see what's actually causing problems and what's good. The big trick though with CLS is it's own, and Eric mentioned this briefly earlier. The lab data is only measuring CLS above the fold or in the view part. Hold on to that for a second. If you go back up on the page, then you're going to see um, field data and origin summary. Those are both pulling from the Chrome user experience report, the crux data. That's the real world data that Google's using for all of this stuff. So that's the same data, or it's supposed to be the same data that you're seeing in Google Search Console. So this Chrome user experience report is all in some database that Google houses and and GPSI and, and GSC are both pulling from that. We have seen major discrepancies where it seems like Google Search Console is not actually updating. So it's supposed to be identical, but it isn't always. So that can be challenging because um, that, that I think it's just a bug. But the field, uh, the field data is the Chrome user experience real world data for that one URL. If that site doesn't get a lot of traffic, it might not have field data for that one URL. And then there's the origin summary, which is the, the crux data for all of your URLs across your site. And so if it's showing the field data, you can check the box to show the origin summary. If it's not showing the field data, it'll show the origin summary. Those are the numbers to watch for in terms of the pass fail. So you can look at Google Search Console, but GPSI gives you a quick test. And so you'll see those, you'll see four metrics in there. Three of those are uh, LCP, FID, CLS. 
So what we're seeing most commonly is the lab data for CLS will be good. It'll be like 0.01 and it'll be green. But then if you look at the origin summary, your CLS might be 0.77 or 1.5. If you see a big discrepancy there, that means it's probably below the fold and it's probably ads and you probably haven't turned on Mediavine CLS optimization yet, or you haven't waited four weeks. Um, so the big, big takeaway for everybody is turn that on and then watch those two numbers over the next few weeks. And you should see the origin summary CLS trending down over time. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Can't wait until my origin summary CLS trends down. It'll be a happy day for all. Um, big question here. We've got Robin and Mallory both asking a similar thing. Robin says, for each of these, can you differentiate differentiate between desktop and mobile since the scores are so different? And Valerie says, does Google treat mobile and desktop scores for Core Web Vitals differently in determining rankings? How does Core Web Vitals play into mobile-first indexing? Who wants to go? <laughs> oh, the unknown. Um, so throw it right to me. So right now with... Uh, so, so remember, Google first actually introduced PageSpeed uh, as a metric for desktop before they even did mobile. They were measuring your page speed on desktop before mobile. If you look back to, I don't even know how long we're going back now, 10 years ago. Uh, and so then when they did mobile, that was part of their mobile first indexing or before even mobile first indexing. They used to give you basically two different rankings. This is your desktop ranking. This is your mobile ranking. And that's when they introduced mobile page speed. This is the best we have to go off of that we can assume the reason they're still doing desktop and mobile score separately is because there are two different rankings. That's the best we can guess. Um, but with Google, you know, it's you got to solve for both, really. I mean, that's what I would recommend doing. And most of the most of the features, so I optimize ads for page speed. We have separate desktop and mobile. We're optimized ads for CLS are just one, uh, and both that will optimize for both desktop and mobile. So it's important, I would say, that you're hitting Core Web Vitals on both, just to be on the safe side, because they definitely are measuring them separately. So I imagine there's a reason why. We got a lot of questions, so I'm gonna just go. Both of you, be ready. If you know the answer, jump in. Okay, Jen says, I've been going back and forth with Mediavine, Andrew's team, and the person who developed my site. There are issues with my fonts loading and I have no idea what to do. Everyone is talking in another language, help. It's hard to be specific on something like this. Um, and so it becomes a question of, it's kind of like image optimization. You want your images to load fast, so you have to compress the heck out of them, but then they don't look good. So you've got to strike this balance, right? So um, fonts are a big challenge right now, for sure. Web fonts are um, problematic. Eric talked about you, know, you, you load a fallback font, and then when the web font loads, everything shifts a little bit. So finding a fallback font, if you're going to use web fonts, that very closely matches so things don't shift is really important or just switching to system fonts. You know, If you're using Trellis, you can just toggle it and say, hey, I'm gonna use system fonts and everything's faster. Jen, I'd have to take another look at your site, which we can do after this call, but um, it might also be not as big of an issue as we think it is. That's what I've been kind of noticing is like once once the ads start getting solved, if the font layout is a, a 0.02 and you have up to 0.1, you know, if it's only a, actually a tiny contributor to the score, maybe you can live with it. And maybe you can be like, okay, I'm gonna hedge my bets and I'm gonna wait for all the, the new ad boxes to solve the layout shift problem for ads. And maybe we can call them ad sync, ad star sync. The biggest way to parcel this out is to try to look at above the fold shifts versus below the fold shifts. Cause that really helps you, helps kind of, you know, in the choose your own adventure of what to fix next, that helps narrow it down. Um, the other thing on PageSpeed Insights that is helpful is the film strip view, which is just below, just below the lab data where it has all those little thumbnails across. Mm -hmm. And those are little snapshots of your site as it's loading. So if you look and you see that something in one, you know, the first picture is here and then it moves up in the next image, that means it's moving. Um, it's really hard to see on those tiny 
boxes, um, but that's one place you can look. I also recommend webpagetest.org. Um, have it create a video when you test a URL and it gives you a much bigger film strip. You can also generate a video that plays in slow motion so you can watch stuff you know, very slowly shifting and you can catch what it is. But beyond that, unfortunately, every site's a little bit different. So it, it takes a lot of work. I mean, we're working through this on clients and we can spend an hour or two per site to try to get this stuff fixed. Um, and a lot of stuff we can't fix because it's in the theme or it's ads. So there's a lot of education and learning going on for all of us right now. And that's why I'm grateful that Google is rolling this out slowly. <laughs> so one quick caveat that I'm just gonna throw in, I would try to do what you can to lower your above the fold CLS as much as you can, because you're gonna want that buffer on a long page view. Even with ads perfectly solved, there may be CLS. Um, we've seen, I don't know, so like the Hollywood gossip, for example, is passing core web vitals, hooray. And that's only been after the last, I don't even know how long the CLS fixes have been live. So like after maybe a week, so I'm very confident it's going to be passing, obviously, after 28 days with the full data. And I hope everyone experiences that. But one of the things about THE is it has zero CLS above the fold. So it had a lot more buffer. Um, and I think that will certainly help. So font fallback, that's how we're going to be solving in Trellis. We don't want everyone to have to run system fonts. I, I mean, I love them. I run them on the Hollywood Gossip because I think they look great on it's the, it's the font that people are used to reading on that device. That's what a system font is. So if I'm on my iPhone and everything else is in that same font, it's not gonna look weird to me that your site is in that font, I promise you, especially on mobile where you don't have the full design. Uh, so first, system fonts are not terrible, uh, but we do recognize that some people wanna have Google fonts. So we're working on exactly what Andrew said is the fallback is gonna be around the same dimensions. And so if you can find one that matches, I would do it even if it is only 0.01 or 0.02, just give yourself a little more buffer, whatever you can. I'd love to be able to say we solved everything for ads, but it's tough. Thank, thanks for throwing that back at us, Eric. <laughs> so so on the, you said that the Hollywood gossip has a lot of buffer. How do you give yourself more buffer other than you said, as you said, using system fonts? What else can we do? I mean, everything else to reduce CLS in that first screen view and making sure, I mean, we give you, we can give you this code, but there's a way to turn off your ads basically on a page and use one of those Chrome extensions and just see if there's no ads present on the page, do you get any CLS as you quickly scroll through the page? If you're not getting any, then you're right. It's all ads and you'll be magically solved in 28 days and just relax. But yeah, I mean, I would basically turn that off, turn off, I think it's test equals, yeah, we, we can send you kill switch. I can't remember what the exact yeah, command is to disable your ads. Good, uh, on the spot, I got it right. So if you have that running and you see absolutely no CLS, then you're fine. If you see a little bit of CLS, that's taking away from that buffer that I'm describing because you just never want to risk uh, ads. Again, there will be some ads that maybe are from a third party that cause some animation that Google decides is a CLS shift that's beyond Mediavine's control. There will be stuff on a long enough page view uh, that will probably cause CLS. So that's what I mean by buffer. Get the number as low as you can. Uh, annoy Andrew and his team to help fix you with all the other issues if you have other ones. Sorry, Andrew. Or run something like a trellis and annoy our team. Uh, there, there's a lot of people here that I can guarantee want to help you solve this as well. I've got a list, Eric, and there's a lot of ad questions. So buckle up. Here we go. Should we, Betsy says, so should we enable CLS options in our Mediavine dashboard? Yes. Is that, yes. yes. No, no hesitation, no question, no qualification. Yes, do it. I feel, I, I would feel confident saying it is worth the small potential revenue if you have any amount of Google search traffic. 
Andrew, differing opinion or no pressure here. You are talking to me. Oh, from my perspective, heck yes. Turn that on. I can't wait for, for the improvements. Like the 28 days can't come fast enough. So Eric messaged me and he's like, we've got it. And I'm like, get it on my site. I'm going to test it. And it's working great. So um, no, we're super excited because this is going to really, really help. Fantastic. Okay. Noreen says, if you are using Trellis, do you still feel we need to enable the CLS options? Eric and Andrew both say yes. 110% then, because I know your other CLS issues can be solved by our team. So definitely turn it on. Christine Cook says, updates on GumGum ads on images. I talk to GumGum almost daily about this. And I can promise you that's one of the things I was talking about. There might be an animation that is causing uh, CLS. And that's actually from, that's just one of many partners that have what are called native ads especially gum gun on, on image. CLS is being triggered as the animation happens, not actually shifting anything on the page, uh, but gum gum is working on it. I can promise you they do not want anyone to have to turn this off in that. So we've got several people who are saying, what do I do other than enabling these options and that I'm still getting issues. One is wait, but like you said, if you want to fix now, kill switch your ads, see what's happening and then go and fix those things. Is that the best advice we're giving people? enable the two settings for sure, then what else? I mean, it depends on your site and what, it depends on what's moving. So we can't give you, you know, the answer on this. Um, one thing that we have seen a lot of is if you use WP Recipe Maker, um, the perf and you have jump and or print buttons at, above the fold, um, if you turn off their performance um, settings in the in the WP Recipe Maker settings, if you turn those off, that can actually help because it, it causes the buttons to load and not shift after they load. If you have the performance, it loads some CSS later and they shift a little bit. So that's one of the common ones we see. Um, if you use Slickstream, sorry, Eric. Um, if you use Slickstream, they've been implementing a CLS fix as well. So if you use the Slickstream plugin, you can turn that on. Um, and that reserves place uh, placeholder at the top for their film strip. So then when the film strip loads, it doesn't push everything down. Um, so those are two of the most common ones we see on our client sites. Um, mobile menus are another one. If you have like a, a a mobile menu that was maybe five years old, six years old, and wasn't performant. It may load with everything and then snap a little bit or move a little bit as the styling's applied. So that's where you have to test and see what's changing. And then you have to work on that. Fantastic. Okay, Eric, what about sticky sidebar CLS? Uh, also, that is a feature I would turn on. So that one actually isn't going to impact your revenue. The thing you need to keep a look on on that one is, and I think we mostly squashed all this, we, had to we have to basically set a height on your page without going into too many details to make uh, the sticky attribute work. And so you may see as you keep scrolling, your page looks like it's growing and we had to just fix that on a, on a few sites. It's a very weird problem. Uh, you would notice it if it's happening on your site. I can promise you, you would never turn it on uh, and then use your site on desktop and then not notice it if it were a problem. I, I think everyone who has emailed in has had the problem fixed. So it's, it's pretty safe to turn on. And again, you would notice if there's an issue, it's not going to tank your earnings. Uh, it's not going to really hurt anything. It's just going to cause a little bit of weirdness. I'm going to read a few happy things and then ask some more questions. Pamela says, I found that the spotlight subscribe feature works better than any opt-in feature. And I can offer them something once I have them in a welcome sequence. My subscribe rate has ballooned and better yet, after using it for a while, I found that those who signed up via the spotlight open emails and click through better than any that signed up for opt-ins. Nice. It may not be science, Pamela, but we like to hear it. Camilla says, Andrew, where in Foodie Pro can you get a drop-down subscriber option? Um, it's the you have to have the Feast plugin, um, and in there it's the modern mobile menu. So it's not just Foodie Pro, but it's the newer version of Foodie Pro plus the Feast plugin. 
Fantastic. Camilla, we got you. Okay. Brittany says, so if those six lab datas are green, we are good. Yes. Not oh. necessarily. <laughs> well, that's okay. So that goes back to the, Hey, I got a 99 on GPSI, right? If those six lab datas are green, you're going to be looking at a 90 plus probably in PageSpeed insights, but it's not looking at below the fold layout shifts. So that's why you also have to keep an eye on your origin summary. But if you, if those lab datas are green, and you turn on the CLS optimization in your Mediavine dashboard, then you should be good. Good to hear. Yes, that's um, the plan. That's the plan. Yeah. We have so many things happening. We've got people. We've got people debating the merits of pop-ups. Like, there's a lot going on in these comments. You guys should go back and read these because they're great. What will happen if I enable this optimized sticky sidebar CLS? I'm afraid because it says proceed with caution. We just have to be scary. Again, uh, turn it on and just use your set on desktop. See if it looks weird. If it looks weird, turn it off, email in, and we'll fix it for you. The good news is it's everything's instant, by the way, in the Mediavine dashboard. You turn a feature on, it's on your site. You can check it out right away, and then you can turn it off if, if because these features are opt-in, opt-out. So turn it off if, you know, if it's causing any issues. Don't be scared. Camilla says GPSI, Google PageSpeed Insights, correct? That's what we're talking about when we say GPSI. Great. Yes. Amanda says, if we optimize CLS in our dashboard per the new feature, and after, say, 40 days, the CLS does not improve, what do we do? Lower our ads? No, that, that probably means there's another problem. Again, try that kill switch and see if there's anything besides ads causing it. If you're in a good place, again, the Hollywood gossip doesn't do anything special. It runs Mediavine ads the same as every other site here. And I can promise you everything is cranked up to the max on that site because, sorry, readers, you're going to read your your gossip, whether there's an ad or not. That's just the nature of these people. I would say you do not need to change any of your settings if you're not passing. There's probably another thing that's not ads, or it might be something like, again, some animation from an ad, and that might just be a gum gum thing. So email in after 40 days if you're confident everything else is fixed on your site uh, so we can take a look. We have got a lot of people, well, I would say a handful of people that are saying, like for instance, like Jennifer, this is all in Greek to me. How do we get help? I feel like my side is going to explode. We have some people saying, uh, this is all about my head. I need core web vitals for dummies. What if we need some help? I know that developers, I've seen quite a few comments in the Mediavine Facebook group of people saying that developers are pretty taxed right now. They're pretty swamped. It's like trying to go get a tax professional on April 14th. Like it's very hard back in the before times when tax day was actually on April 15th. That, that's not relevant for the last two years, but my joke would make sense in another in another world. Andrew, what, where do people go? What do they, thank you. Where do they go? What do they do? So um, everybody is swamped right now because you know this affects the entire internet. Um, you're going to have to be patient. Um, some developers have wait lists. Um, we at NerdPress have a wait list, so you can get in our queue and get on the schedule. We're, we're booking people in June right now. Um, I know that's after May. Um, that's why we're rolling. Uh, we're glad Google is rolling this out slowly. Um, can I quote Google? And maybe that'll help everybody calm yeah. down a little bit. Uh, so Google published a frequently asked questions on this stuff. They say publishers shouldn't worry that when we begin using page experience as a ranking factor, that they may suffer some immediate significant drop if they're still working on making improvements. But publishers should be focused on making those improvements a relative priority over time. So like everybody's working on this and it is relative. Um, because more as more and more sites continue to improve their experience, it'll be the norm that publishers will want to match. Uh, but the bigger point is they will continue to prioritize pages with the best information overall, even if some aspects of page experience are subpar. 
Like what we're talking about today is really more of like a tiebreaker in the ranking. It's not going to be a major ranking factor. And I don't think it ever will be a major ranking factor. Your content is the most important thing. Like there's you know thousands of, of metrics they use in their algorithms, right? This is just one. Now we're hyper-focused on it because they've told us what it is, right? So there's this, um, what is it primacy or recency? Like we're able to focus on yeah. it, we're obsessing over it. But writing great posts and providing great content way more important than anything we've talked about today. And Can't they've already it. said all that. This is just new. Google's right. already told us that you've got to write good stuff in their basic SEO guide that we cite all the time. Like that's already, that's a new, that's that's kind of a yawn thing. And I feel like we're always looking for the easy button with Google. And this is almost like become the easy button. Like if, if I pass Core Web Vitals, will I be number one? Um, is, that a, is that a thing? Absolutely not. No, Eric. No, I, I, it, that's exactly what I say all the time. And SEO, like a CEO, ninety percent is your content, ten percent is the rest. If you don't have the good content, none of these tiebreakers are going to matter uh, because you're not even going to show up. Are you writing the right keywords? Are you writing good content? Are people linking to that content? Are people engaging with that content? There's a lot more things you can focus on. Don't beat yourself up. And it's and again, it is rolling out. It's not like May first comes around and suddenly all of your rankings tank. They haven't even given us the date in May when it starts rolling out and it doesn't happen to all sites. When we got mobile first indexing, it took some sites months before they actually got impacted by this. And they emailed us and said, hey, uh, you are now on mobile first indexing. It might take six months before it hits your site. So don't, don't worry, I think is the best thing. Don't stress. This is not the only thing that matters. If this is taking away your ability to make content right now, you're probably doing yourself more harm by obsessing over this than making content. Uh, so do what you can, wait a little bit. If you wanna sign up for uh, a wait list, that's a great idea. There happens to be a trellis one too that you can, you can, I'll throw our hat in the ring. Like sign up and wait and relax. I think that's the most important thing and still focus on running your core business because this is not your core business. Your core business is creating content. So focus on that uh, while you're waiting and try not to stress. This is like when web stories came out Nobody said stop making blog posts and start making only web stories all day long. Your job is not now making Google web stories. That's not what your job is. Your job is to continue to make great content on your site and promote to social and do all the things that you're already doing. This is something to think about. And a lot of good things are going to happen with the, the two settings, because as we said, the newest, the newest acronym and the one that everyone's struggling with the CLS, the majority of that is going to be taken care of. It's caused by ads. If you're with Mediavine, we fixed the, most of that issue. So, woosa, it's all right. <laughs> Camilla says, in Google Search Console, when should I validate a fix? I fixed a bunch of stuff today, but have more work to do. Both of you like to talk about Google Search Console. Andrew, Andrew is unmuted, so you can go first. Sure. Um, great question, because the way uh, Core Web Vitals fixes are validated in Search Console is different than like other coverage issues or uh, enhancements. Uh, so when you click, uh, validate fixes, it restarts a 28 day clock. So it basically starts the clock and starts tracking the new data that comes in and it can take up to 28 days from then. So if you fixed a whole bunch of stuff and you think that's gonna improve it, go ahead and click validate fixes and then wait. It may actually clear up faster or it may fail faster. It doesn't have to take 28 days, um, but it needs time to collect real world user data. Because what it's actually doing is, is people who use the Chrome browser uh, the browser is sending data back of all these timings back to Google and it's absorbing all that data. So it actually is collecting real data. It's not a simulation. Uh, so it needs time. Sarah says, should we test our, should we use our homepage when we test in Google PageSpeed Insights, Eric, or should we test actual posts, blog post URLs? 
So what's important to note is that Google is measuring, I think the 75th percentile. So it's across all of your site. It's not just one page. So really uh, you wanna get where the most of your traffic is going. If you somehow have the only site that has still a high majority of your traffic going to your homepage, uh, one, congratulations, you still own the internet. I'm, that's awesome. But for most of us, it's probably like one or 2% of our traffic. Most of it comes from Pinterest, from Google search, uh, from all these other sources. So I would say your homepage should actually be lower priority and I would focus on your top 10 posts. And that's what I would be uh, prioritizing working on the page speed for. Uh, maybe your top 10 posts, you can push that big gift that you have in the first screen view all the way down and make sure it's lazy loaded. Look at your top 10 posts as opposed to your homepage, unless your homepage is a large percentage of your traffic. You ready for the question? You know it was coming. I know my theme is a dumpster fire and I've been very patiently waiting for Trellis. It's almost May and I'm trying to figure out what to do because I know there's no way I'm passing all Core Web Vitals with my current theme. Any updates on Trellis availability? So uh, the best I can say is right now we have another round of Trellis invites going out next week that will bring us up for all of 2020. We'll have gotten their invites, anyone who signed up in 2020. So hopefully if you knew it was a dumpster fire, you signed up in 2020. And if it's just a recent sign up, then you got a little bit of a little bit of a wait, unfortunately, still. Um, we'd love to open it up, but I want to make sure that Trellis is a great experience for everyone as they onboard it, as they install it. We keep, you know, we run into issues with each wave of new plugin conflicts, things that we're finding. We don't want to have that problem repeat across a giant deluge of people. We want to do it in a slow and measured way. So we're not there yet, Melissa, but again, next week, all of 2020 should be receiving their invites. We have about five people who are going to be increasing Andrew's waitlist link. Uh, so that's happening now. Um, Lizzie says, so to be clear, in Mediavine settings, it's okay to have interstitial ads turned on or it is okay? Yes, Correct. it is okay. okay. Those are Google ads. So Google is okay with their own ads unless they change something. You know, Google could, they're fickle. We have, will Trellis be compatible with the Feast themes in the future? So I know that uh, Skylar Red Feast has said that he wants to basically make uh, Trellis versions. Uh, you'd have to get a timeline from, from Feast directly. I know the Feast plugin itself does work with Trellis, uh, but the individual themes are, uh, I still believe in progress. Oops, do I have to click that validate thing after I enabled the Mediavine CLS fix? I did that a week or, go, or two ago. Andrew, do you have I to click your, validate? I love your reading of that question. <laughs> Um, I, honestly, I'd just let it ride and see how it comes back. Um, well, I think one important thing to note about the validate fixes is whether or not you actually click that button doesn't really matter. Google just cares about the underlying data. So it's going to be collecting that data and looking at that crux data on its own. So, you know, if you never even log into Google Search Console, it won't change your rankings. Um, it, like, so it's more of a like, this is how you can test it to, to get Google to say, yes, you're good. As long as you've actually made the improvements on your site, you're going to be in good shape. Okay, we always like to close out with action items. This has been a crazy, wild, wonderful, woolly, as only it could be when we were talking about Google algorithm changes and had these two wonderful guests. So let's close out with action items. What can publishers do between now and May to get themselves in good shape for the algorithm shift? Uh, Eric, I would really appreciate if you would tell people what they need to do when they get into their dashboard. If they have not done it yet, this is what you need to do now. Before I do that, I'm gonna make a couple of quick announcements. First of all, for our next episode, we only have two more Teal Talks left in season three before we uh, move on to the Summer of Live. That is crazy. It will be our fourth Summer of Live. 
the episodes we are looking at now, for sure, we have some changes coming to Mediavine video that we are going to be discussing on the first episode in May. We're very excited about that. So stay tuned for details on that. And then in other important news, we are looking for you. We need experts for the summer of live. So we're going to be throwing out a call next week for everyone who has something that they want to share and teach to this audience to submit and come be a guest on the summer of live. We have 14 lives over the summer and we have um, a lot of different topics to cover from TikTok to affiliate to SEO to more CLS talk. I'm sure we can talk about that anytime because it's always fun. Uh, just lots of different options. So please submit when we send that form out. In the meantime, Andrew, what can people do other than not panic, which we don't want them to do? <laughs> Already done. Um, I, I think it's more of a summary of what we've talked about is focus on fixing above the fold layout shifts and you need to use Google PageSpeed Insights and maybe web page test um, and see what's moving and address those specific problems. Turn on Mediavine CLS fix and then wait and watch your origin summary metrics in Google PageSpeed Insights and watch those numbers trend down. Andrew, where can we get in touch with you if we want to if we want to get on a wait list? Where do Nerdpress. we go? <laughs> Nerdpress.net. Um, and we if you click get WordPress help, we've got information about all of our support plans there and our pricing. And then um, if you do go ahead and sign up, um, I'll schedule you on the wait list. And what we do is you sign up right now and then we'll extend your first renewal. So you're not actually paying time for time that you wait. We've been very busy and you know it takes so much work. We're only able to onboard four or five sites a week. So that's part of why we have a wait list because our onboarding is actually about a two week process and we go through and fix a lot of stuff in your site. Um, I will say if you want help with only CLS, we're not your people. Um, like we're, we take a holistic view and we want a long-term relationship with our clients to really work with them and partner with them for all of the elements on their site um, and all the technical stuff. Uh, but shoot me an email either way if you have any questions, uh, support at nerdpress.net and we can go over options. Fantastic. Uh, Eric, we, we're getting a lot of thank yous. I think people are feeling better. One thank you from someone who came up with the name for the ad box, which is ad parking lots, which I like a lot better than ad box. Eric, <laughs> what do Mediavine publishers need to do? Uh, turn on the ad parking lot, obviously. That's the, that's the first thing. So yes. log in your Mediavine dashboard uh, under ad settings. You'll see a little section optimized for core web vitals. Turn on optimize for page speed, both desktop and mobile, and turn on optimize ads for CLS. That will help you. Those are all three uh, settings that you're going to basically need if you want to hit core web vitals. It will be very challenging to hit them without those three options on. Turn them all on uh, if you care about Google search traffic. Um, that would be my recommendation. Uh, if you have no intention of fixing your core web vitals, I don't know how you made it to the end of this live to hear this advice. So just turn it on. Uh, everyone here will want to turn those three settings on. And then maybe to fill those blank parking spaces, oh, what do they do? Yes. Yeah, got to park a good PSA in there. No question. Uh, opt in for PSAs. Again, that's still under ad settings. Yeah, adopt, don't shop is, is one of the great ones that we love. Yeah, we've got some really Everyone good here. ones coming up with some big names. But right now we've got Cookies for Kids Cancer. We've got Operation Gratitude. We've got the We Stand With You, which talks about racial justice and equity. We've got um, more things coming in all the time, more beautiful PSAs. What is one that I'm forgetting right now? Oh, uh, uh, COVID. Driving. Yes, texting for Teen Drive. We've also got um, COVID, which is still a thing, even though as much yep. as we're all over it. So please look into those PSAs. We're going to have a roundup post coming soon for those. In a couple of weeks, we'll be back here to discuss our changes to the Mediavine video player. We are very excited about it. Andrew, as always, it is a pleasure. Ready for your wait list to become longer. Oh Thank you guys so much. <laughs> you guys have a great rest of your day. Thank you, everyone. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye, guys. 
On Air is brought to you by Mediavine. If you're creating amazing and original content, we are here to help. From ad management with maximum earnings and 24-7 support to cutting-edge WordPress plugins, our team has your back. Want free tips in your inbox? Subscribe to our newsletter at mediavine.com slash subscribe. If you're a Mediavine On Air fan, and why wouldn't you be, please give us your five-star rating love and subscribe wherever you're listening.